Welcome to the Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Journey. My name is Adrian Bergan, and I am Extension Veterinarian and Assistant Clinical Professor within the Department of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences at Penn State University. Joining us today is Matt Han from Organic Valley. Matt is a regional pool manager within the Organic Valley. Thank you so much for being with us today, Matt. Thanks, Adrian. Uh, good to be here. So, Matt, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, your career and your shop at the Organic Valley. Okay. So, yeah, as Adrian mentioned, I'm the regional pool manager here with Organic Valley. I work uh, with the dairy producers in southeast Pennsylvania and northeast Maryland um, that are shipping milk to Organic Valley. I'm My job is basically I'm the link between the dairy farmer and the Organic Valley administration, which is based in Wisconsin. I've got about 115 farms that I work with directly and going out to those farms, um, meeting with them, helping uh, with them with, through the paperwork, helping do audits, um, just um, checking and make sure the farms are all doing what they're supposed to do, helping some with education on the farms if there's an issue that producers are having. Um, I help them work through those um, types of things. Um, I've been with Organic Valley for just over a year now. Uh, prior to that, I was working for Penn State Extension as a dairy educator in um, Berks County, Pennsylvania. So when I switched over to Organic Valley, it was really a pretty smooth transition. A lot of the farms I was working with with Penn State, I'm still working with and in my current role with Organic Valley. So it's been good. And I've seen the organic side, I've worked on the conventional side and stuff. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Thank you, Matt. And that's great that you mentioned about your, your previous position at Penn State, because I think that you have a um, a perfect view of both systems. And uh, with that in mind, I would like to ask uh, the second question that is how will you define a grazing system in, an, in overall dairy farming? Yeah, the grazing system is really all the parts that make up that farm's grazing management. So it could be things from the, the land base, what, how, what's the land like, what the soil's like, the infrastructure on that farm, um, how many pastures, how many acres they have, how are the paddocks and pastures divided up, what's the watering system, where, where do cattle access water in those pastures, uh, the types of animals that are grazing, are we talking, are we grazing all animals from young heifers up through lactating dairy cows, are we just grazing the heifers, um, are we just grazing lactating animals, so that would be part of the system. The types of plants and forages that are being grazed on that land is also part. So is it just a perennial grass legume pasture or are there annuals incorporated into the grazing system? Uh, a lot of farms I work with are using summer annuals to take advantage of or to make sure that there are forages available during the heat of the summer. So using species like sorghum sudan grass to um, fill in when the perennial pastures are drying up and not producing as well or using uh, brassicas uh, in the fall grazing, or using um, triticale or rye uh, for small grains to graze those in the spring. So that grazing system is really all those things combined, the soil, the plants, the animal, and then also how often is the cows being moved to a new area? Are you moving cows on a weekly basis? Are you moving them every day, moving them after every milk? So all that goes into play there in defining a grazing system. Great, thank you, Matt. So with that in mind, from your point of view and your experience, what would you say that are the main advantages of a grazing system compared to a more 
conventional confined TMR systems. Yeah. So the biggest advantage where a lot of people consider going to grazing as in that could be an organic system or a conventional system that's also grazing is they're looking at the cost savings. Grazing pasture, perennial pasture is generally a low cost system compared to a conventional confined system feeding a full TMR, feeding a lot of heavy corn, corn silage in the ration. So that low cost feed is one of the main advantages. There's also some advantage of lower labor. So when the cows are out on pasture, they're spreading their own manure. So you don't have as much manure in a, that needs to be spread um, later on. Um, you also, some reduced um, forage um, harvest. So the cows are out harvesting the, the forages from the pasture. You're not making as much hay or you're not um, harvesting that feed to store it and feed to them later. So it saves some labor in those areas. And also another big advantage why some people like grazing systems is it can have a reduced environment impact, especially a well-managed um, grazing system. If you have perennial pastures on the ground year round, ground is covered year round. Um, you don't have a lot of exposed soil where you can get soil erosion and runoff. Um, you, a, a good well-managed grazing system can reduce that environmental impact of the livestock operation. All right, yeah, and I will add one more there that will be improve animal welfare when it comes to the expression of natural behaviors, right? Oh, definitely, yes, it can definitely have an impact on that, allow that cow to exhibit her natural behavior and um, out there on the pastures, yes. So, Matt, what would be the biggest challenges with these systems? And that's great to hear about all the advantages and benefits, but what would be the biggest challenges for these? I think the biggest challenge for a grazing system is just maintaining that forage quality. When you harvest hay, you're taking that hay at a certain stage, everything you harvest at that point is of a basically consistent quality and you know what it is. In a pasture system, that quality will change from day to day. It'll change you know, from even hour to hour with the cows are grazing in the morning. Um, might be a little bit different than what they're grazing in the afternoon, just as those sugars are that plant is taking up uh, photosynthesizing and producing sugars. Um, so you could have different forage quality at different times of the day and definitely from one day to the next when you're out grazing. So I think that creates a big challenge. And then if you're grazing and trying to feed some sort of a TMR or partial mixed ration or something like that in the barn, trying to balance those to make sure that the cow is getting the nutrition that she needs to meet whatever the goals and expectations are on that farm. I would agree with that. And, and just on those lines, from the producer point of view, you have a, a wealth of expertise uh, working with producers in the convention and the organic industry. So what would you say that are the main economical costs and benefits of these practice? Right. So one of the costs of a grazing system, um, I talked about being a lower input system uh, for the nutritional aspects, but and also lower management. But with that, you usually get lower production per cow. So a cost that you might experience where in a grazing system, an organic system, you might cows might be producing, let's say, 60 pounds of milk per cow per day, where if you confine them, and you're feeding them a really um, high quality TMR, you could get easily 85, 90, even 100 pounds per cow per day um, there. So one of the costs there is you give up some production per cow. Um, 
also looking at the land, the opportunity cost of the land that you're grazing. Are you, is your farm somewhere where you have really good soils and you have the opportunity to grow other crops? Um, or are you on more of a lower quality soil, maybe a hilly, more hilly land where really grazing and pasture is the best economical use of that land. So you might have a opportunity cost that you give up if you decide to graze uh, land that could be used for other practices. And then as far as the benefits of the grazing system, we've kind of talked a little bit about that, but in the grazing system, um, you have the reduced labor costs because you aren't harvesting the forage as much and you're not spreading, you know, the cows are spreading their own manure. So you have some reduced costs there. So that would be a benefit to the farmer. Also the uh, well-managed grazing system. If you have a grazing system installed on your farm and implemented on your farm, uh, you have the options of alternative marketing strategies. So organic. So just because you graze doesn't mean you're organic, but if you're doing intensive grazing, you have that option that you could easily transition to an organic management system and hopefully increase um, milk price per, um, per hundred weight of milk. So you get a little bit higher price for your milk, even if you're not producing as much milk per cow. Right, and that's a great actual interaction for my next question that are a little more related to how we label, how the producers label their product and a little bit of the regulations behind those products. So with that in mind, what are the main difference between uh, grazing practices or regulations between a conventional and an organic dairy? So the conventional or organic, they're both gonna have the same you know, environmental regulations, whether whichever practice you're in, you know, having manure management plans, having those types of thing, conservation plans for your farm. So those types of regulations would be the same. Where it differs is that with a organic system, the producer is going to have additional restrictions they put on themselves essentially by wanting to sell into this market. So one thing that is really important in organic systems as it relates to grazing and pasture management is that in a great organic system, every animal six months of age or older needs to have outdoor access throughout the year. You know, whether that's during the winter months, you usually can restrict that, but during the grazing season, you want them to be getting a significant amount of their dry matter intake from pasture. So starting at six months of age, you want those animals outside. And then you also, you want to have, you need to have at least 30% of their dry matter intake coming from pasture. And that's for all classes of animals from the six month old up through the uh, lactating cow, bred heifers, every group of animal, you need to have at least 30% of her dry matter intake is coming from that pasture for a minimum of 120 days uh, throughout the grazing season. That rule there would be one of the biggest challenges. Um, I think that's there, you know, if you're a conventional system and you want to turn cows out and you want to graze, you can do it as much as you want or as little as you want, but in the organic system, you need to meet, meet these certain rules. And I can say for the farms that I work with that are uh, shipping uh, milk through Organic Valley, most of our farms are easily hitting that 120 day grazing season here in Southeast Pennsylvania. Many of them are you know, 160, 180 days of grazing is not uncommon. Um, to see on the farms. And as far as dry matter intake, that minimum, like I said, is 30% dry matter intake from pasture. And for the farms I work with, it's not uncommon to see 
lactating cows getting 40 up to 50% of their dry matter intake from pasture during that peak of the grazing season and maybe a little bit less um, as the season wears on and the pastures start to go dormant maybe during the heat or get into the fall. But 40 to 50% dry matter intake from pasture and 160 to 108 days are pretty common. So seem to be pretty easy bars to meet for a lot of my producers that I work with. It's interesting how the logistical challenges that are behind this regulation and, and just how to measure that 30% of dry matter intake, as well as the, the component of having um, the whole herd up, uh, after six months of age on, on pasture for that many days uh, a year. Uh, when you think about pasture management, there are different parameters and factors that have to be uh, taken into account and, and manage uh, a workaround, right, in order to, to make sure that they're complying with this. Exactly. So, for example, if a farm is trying to, so the farms, they'll have to document, they'll keep records, whether it's in a logbook, whether it's on a calendar, wherever it is, when did the cows go out on pasture? So for the organic certification, they'll have, you know, myself as a representative of Organic Valley of the co-op will come out and want to see those records periodically, make sure that they're being compliant. There's also a, a third party organic certifier that will come out and want to see the documentation. So, um, it, they'll want to follow up on that. And it can be that, you know, during, there's sometimes a year where you don't want to graze or some days, you know, if you just have a three inch rain, you probably want to keep your cows in for the next day, just to let those pastures um, recover and dry out a little bit before, um, so they don't get damaged. Um, so you would just document that on the calendar or on your logbook, uh, as far as what days you actually grazed. And at the end of the year, you just go through and add them up and make, confirm that you had met those uh, that right number of days. And then as far as the 30% dry matter intake, the method that most producers use is just estimate that a dairy cow needs to have, um, let's say about three and a half percent of her body weight in dry matter intake per, per day. So then we kind of, we know what we're feeding in the barn and we can back calculate and say that if they got this much in the barn, they need this certain amount of dry matter intake, then the difference between those two is whatever they got from pasture. Great. Matt, will you just uh, provide us a great information about the different practices and regulation between the conventional and the organic dairy systems? So what about when it comes to grass-fed dairy farming? What are the difference between that system and an organic dairy farming? Okay, that's a good question. Um, so with, within Organic Valley, we have about 10% of our farms are producing what we call grass milk. So that would be the grass-based dairy, um, grass-fed dairy uh, system there. So about 10% of our farms nationwide are producing that. And those farms, they have to meet all the other standards for organic value, the animal care, the welfare, um, no antibiotics, um, all those things have to be met by these um, grass-fed um, dairies. But then it goes a one step farther when they're dry, they have to be feeding basically pasture or conserved hay or haylage uh, during the rest of the year. And they have to have documentation to show that they that's what they're feeding. So no grain from the time they're calf, no starter pellets, no, uh, no, no star grains when they're baby calves, all the way up through... Uh, their life, their production cycle until they're lactating and no corn silage. Corn silage is usually not allowed in the grass milk. So basically no grain, no corn silage 
for the entire life of that animal would be the biggest difference between the grass milk and the um, regular organic um, milk. And right now, the grass milk seems to be a very popular item. We're do, Organic Valley is doing a really good job of marketing that. I have Our sales of organic um, grass milk have been really good here over the last six months or so. And it looks like we're probably growing that market in the future. Um, and I guess going back a little bit on the what they're fed. So like I said, no corn silage, no grain, but in addition to the forages, um, they some of the grass milk farms will feed a little bit of molasses or maybe some kelp and definitely some mineral there to make sure those animals aren't um, completely without the nutrients, make sure they're still trying to balance and make sure they're getting some of what they what they need. That would be how they would do it. So they're feeding, got some other supplements that they do put in, but usually in very small amounts, 98% or more of the dry matter intake would be from basically grass and clovers and legumes. Very interesting. And I, I'm, I'm just curious about how these, the milk yield per cow affected. You, Matt, just mentioned about the difference of some of the challenges with organic systems that perhaps they uh, struggle to achieve as, as high milk yield as the conventional system. What about the organic farm system and the grass-fed dairy farm system? Right. So with the grass-fed you know, there's, there's a range even with that, but I would say the average farm of the grass milk farms that I work with are getting about 30 pounds of milk per cow per day. Uh, my top producing grass milk herd is producing close to 45 pounds of milk per cow per day, uh, which I think is really phenomenal. I think under the feed and nutrition that they're getting, but it's taken them some time to get up to that and work on their system where our regular organic herds are typically 50 pounds up through, let's say 65 pounds of milk per cow per day on average with some of those hitting 70 um, and a few, you know, at different times of year might hit 75 pounds of production per cow per day. But you use, if you use 65 as an average, I think you'd be pretty close. So they're definitely going from conventional where, you know, a lot of 80 or plus pounds per cow per day down to, you know, mid sixties for the organic down to, 35 or so for the grass. Excellent. Now, that's great information for our listeners. Thank you, Matt. So, Matt, before I let you go, do you have any other advice that you would like to share regarding uh, the grazing systems? Yeah. Um, so, one thing I've mentioned a couple of times here that um, the less labor with the organic or with the grass system, with a pasture management system, because of you know, reduced forage harvest. But some of my best grazers are also some of the best um, at harvesting forages uh, to feed later. So they can go out, they look at their pastures, they know how much forage is available, and they'll harvest anything excess in the spring flush when you've got a lot of more forage there than what you need. Go out there, harvest some of that to keep it, while it's in good quality, to keep it from getting over mature and losing that quality. So they're combining grazing management with hay harvest or with haylage harvest, but in order to maintain good forage quality out there in their pastures and on their hay fields. So that's one, I guess, one of the benefits there. You're not just a grazer. You also, if you're going to have a really good system, you need to be a good, um, at, good at harvesting hay and stuff. So Organic Valley is working on a project um, currently that we're calling a satellite grazing project. So we actually are using satellite imagery 
um, that Organic Valley is obtaining from a company and using those images to estimate the amount of forage growth in paddocks. So the growth rate and the total forage biomass that's there in the pastures on our member farms. And this summer, we're just kind of testing that out, kind of calibrating that tool. And then next year, we hope to have it available to all of our Organic Valley farms across the country so that they'll be able to be even better grass managers at better pasture managers because they'll know exactly what is there for forage mass in their pastures, exactly how fast it's growing. So exactly when they need to cut that to help to maintain and maximize their forage production, both from a wild grazing and as a harvested feed. Excellent. Thank you so much, Matt, for taking the time to talk with us. And thanks to all our listeners. Please stay tuned for our next podcast on our grazing management series.